Time now for Jennifer Stone with Stone's Throw. Happy ending, nice and tidy. It's a rule I learned in school. Get your money every Friday. Happy endings are the rule. So divide up those in darkness from the ones who walk in light. Light them up, boys. There's your picture. Drop the shadow. This is Jennifer Stone with Stone's Throw. Ah, oh boy. Today is February the 4th, 2014. And as I'm sure you know by now, we are in a fund drive. And I don't have the total so far, but I just thought I would give you the phone number before I start, before I start running my mouth here. So just in case, just in case you want to call in right now, uh, I think I heard Philip there trying to persuade you to do so. Anyway, you got to call 1-800-439-5732. That's 1-800-HEY-KPFA. Got it? Okay. Oh, you can also uh, call 510. That's our five and dime area code. Yes, we're in the five and dime area code. 510-848-5732. Okay. Now, the only premium, see, the premium that I want to talk about today, I have some books I think I'll save till next Tuesday. We've got a movie called Fruitvale Station, which is, oh, gosh, very heavy duty. But uh, there are all kinds of reasons to get a copy of this, especially if you are a school teacher. And, gosh, I wish I had the answer as to whether or not you should show your students this film. Uh, anyway, for $100, you can get a copy of Fruitvale Station. Uh, it stars Michael B. Jordan. <laughs> yes. A terrific actor. And let's see. His girlfriend is played by Melanie Diaz. D-I-A-Z. Uh, it's Oscar Grant and his girlfriend. Now... This movie starts with the videotapes that were taken by witnesses at the scene of the crime. Remember, the police were doing their thing, and the young men are all seated. Backs up against the wall there. Uh, Oscar stands up. Mistake, mistake. He does what my father used to call, he talks back. Oh, God. Uh Things get ugly, and then the tape ends, and it stops right when we hear the gunshot. Now, uh, I don't know if there's more of that footage. I certainly would like to see it, but 
um, I think in the film, in the film that uh, is made from this uh, event, this tragedy, uh, I don't know how much fiction, how much, what is it? Uh, I thought that this, the bit that fascinated me most was on the train before the killing, the uh, young thugs, the white boys who were, uh, <laughs> uh-huh, who picked a fight with Oscar, who knows what happened. That's what I would like to know if I were God, if I could go and be there and actually see what really happened, make a documentary, because I don't remember. I mean, I haven't heard a thing about those guys that picked the fight. Uh, the uh, movie seems to indicate that a white woman who had met Oscar that day at his uh, at the grocery store there, <laughs> she was trying to do a fish fry. And he called up his grandmother and said, Mom, grandmother, how do you do a fish fry? And uh, grandmother talks to the young woman and <laughs> tells her, uh, what's what? Anyway, this young woman is just an acquaintance of Oscar's, and she sees him uh, down the down the aisle in this very crowded BART train, and she calls out his name and so forth. And then we see the beginning of this confrontation, this hassle inside the train. Uh, now, most of us think that we know all about what happened. Uh, how it is that Oscar Grant uh, died, <sighs> was murdered. Uh, they called it involuntary manslaughter. Uh, the perpetrator was a BART policeman, uh, <laughs> apparently untrained, apparently didn't know what the F he was doing. There he was on the platform of the Fruitvale BART station, and uh, <laughs> I don't know, I I can't help thinking, I can't help thinking that uh, is it, all these young men and their male bonding, it's all as if they were performing for each other. Uh, Oscar died at, uh, I think, about 9 a.m. at Highland Hospital. Uh, 8 a.m., 9 a.m., anyway, New Year's Day. Uh, it's a remarkable film. It's, it's like a documentary, and i that's what worried me. I thought, what would school teachers do if they brought this film into the classroom and asked students how they felt about it, and what would be the difference between taking the movie into a white classroom or a black classroom, and most of all, a mixed classroom. What on earth uh, could you ask the students to do to, what is that, analyze or study? Uh, it's, of course, all about Oscar Grant's last day. It's overwhelmingly sad, the uh, foreshadowing. Of course, we all know what's going to happen. Uh, the 31st of January is his mother's birthday. He keeps sending her messages on his phone. I began to think what that day will be, how she will feel on the 31st of January for the rest of her life.
Ah, that's Wanda, yes. Oscar's mother's played by a now famous actress, award-winning star, Octavia Spencer. Uh, let's see, you may have seen her in the film The Help. That was only a year or two ago that we had that movie. It was about uh, someplace in the South, women who worked for white families. Anyway, we see a flashback here, and uh, we see Wanda, we see Oscar's mother visiting him in jail. Apparently he had a drug arrest at some point. Uh, he's 22 in this film. He was 22 at the time of his death. Now, apparently he was doing some time for selling marijuana. <laughs> we all know how most of us feel about that. We are hoping for drastic changes in all those uh, insane laws. Uh, uh, in the film, we see Oscar backing away from drug dealers. Uh, it's one of the ways he tries to survive, make a little money. Uh, he's getting a new start at this point. Uh, he, what is it? He's trying to cope with his life. His child's mother is a bit of a problem. Uh, I kept thinking, well, his life is no worse than the lives of thousands of other young men, black men, and they are, of course, men for the most part. Uh, as I watched the movie, I, I did this thing. I do it a lot when I'm watching uh, movies. I switch the genders of the characters. Now, try doing that when you watch this film or any film in which you see violence occurring or, or just just anything. See what you think women would do under the same circumstances. I heard a criminologist recently saying, <laughs> would you believe it, a male criminologist saying that he thought... Uh, we should study the way women solve problems. Now, as far as I know, there were no women on the platform. Maybe there was, because in this film, there was one woman. Um, she was part of the bars, bar police. Uh, I think, what is it? Of course, there were a number of women videotaping, using their cell phones to make a tape. Actually... <laughs> Yes, since Rodney King, there's this, this notion that maybe we can get a picture of what's really going on. It's the only evidence that very often the uh, justice system has. Uh, well, the filmmaker put a woman in there. Uh, she's not pushing anyone around. She seems to be calling on her cell phone. Uh, She's sort of on the fringe of the group, of the gang of cops. It does seem to be, it has the look of a gang, just one more street gang. Anyway, the filmmaker has done such a poignant job of, uh, I guess, what we call, uh, <laughs> uh, well, combining what seems like a documentary has that, that quality, that tone, while adding uh, some of his own uh, interpretations, some human touches. Now, I found the movie to be incredibly sad. Uh, I'm sorry to say that I have uh, 
heard a number of people, uh, well, women, white women my age, say that they didn't think much of the film, and I didn't, I didn't pin them down because I was ashamed of them. Anyway, now the audience knows the plot. Uh, it isn't as if there was anything, anything suspenseful about this movie. It's just a, a grim, grim, uh, what is the word for that? A ritual. Uh, the film gives us is the, what the film gives us is this terrible pain that we all experience when we know that uh, something is inevitable, that fate uh, is going to, uh, going to kill. Now, uh, if it be not now, yet it will come for all of us. Now, now I know that most of the feeling about this tragedy is, uh, well, most people think it's all about race. And, of course, it is. Uh, and it's also about the conflicts between rival gangs. And it's about male bonding and uh, all the slings and arrows of outrageous stereotypes. Yes, okay. The black community is imaged and those who live in the black community will feel one way and those who don't will feel another. I live down there fairly close. I live at the uh, close to the Ashby Bart station. Fruitvale Bart is several stops further down towards Hayward. I used to go to my dentist down there, Fruitvale station. So it all looked like home to me. Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, we see all the usual suspects, and we see all the usual prejudices. It's classic scenario. When the movie was over, I thought, well, the thing to do as a film critic would be to compare this film, this documentary. It looks like a documentary. I keep calling it a documentary. Compare it to Spike Lee's uh, movie, Do the Right Thing. Now, Spike Lee stylized the story. He made it more universal. He, uh, what is it? He had everybody, every uh, group or tribe was represented, except, of course, women. Now, there are plenty of women in Spike Lee's film, but they are not, what do you call it? Uh, they're not presented as a group or a tribe. Uh, in other films, in his other films, Spike Lee does give us a group of women who express their feelings about their oppression. Uh, what this movie is all about is the terrible waste, the tragic, uh, what, do you call, what do we call this, uh, futility, futility. Uh, Spike Lee and Rosie Perez are entirely different characters. They push the man-woman conflict over the edge, and of course, they're wildly funny. In this film, the actress Melanie Diaz is a very, very interesting. Uh, she's a young woman who's the mother of Oscar Grant's child. They are parents. They do seem to both be parenting. She's so sane and kind of gentle. She does seem to be, what's the word, uh, She's a little tired, and uh, she's treating Oscar uh, with a little irritation. Uh, in the opening of the movie, they're having a scene sort of in bed, and he's done something uh, 
that she disapproves of with another woman. And he says, not going to happen again. And that he wants, he just wants her and their child. Wants her and T, Tatiana. And she says, forever? And there, of course, we we wonder whether or not uh, she wants to marry. Uh, got all the ingredients here. For my money, the problem, if there is a problem presented for this young man, it's about the money, screams the loudest. Oscar has lost his part-time job. He's afraid to tell his mother, his girlfriend. He, uh, of course, is... What do we call that? Not oppressed. Not angry. I would say not just discouraged. Uh... He's trying to get his job back, but he has this feeling, futility, that nothing's going to go right for him. It's no go. Now, uh, a lot of viewers will look at him and blame him for his immaturity as if that had something to do with his death. Uh, the fact that he was late for work, you know, maybe he should be blamed for that. It's obvious that he hasn't done anything to hurt anyone. He has disappointed the women in his life, at least two of them. He's trying to make this up. He uh, gives so much attention to Tatiana and to his mother on her birthday. He's calling and picking up food for the party at her house and saying that she didn't worry about money. She had to pay money on her birthday. And uh, uh, Anyway, none of those social pressures or these personal conflicts and confusions have a damn thing to do with the fact that this young man was killed. Call it manslaughter if you like. Uh, uh, the excuse excuse that the BART policeman gave was that he was using his taser and he made a mistake and shot off his gun. Uh, I think, see, the worst scene for me I don't know why. It, it 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 may have been, some people will say, it is gratuitous, you know, uh, that he uh, uh, went too far. There's a scene when there's a dog killed in the street. And, uh, well, it's overwhelming. That was the point when I cried, the animal... Uh, is an outgoing, loving, beautiful animal. He runs up to Oscar, licks his hands, and uh, then he goes on his way, and Oscar is turned away, and we see the dog cross the road, and he's hit by a car, and he dies like a dog, as they say. Uh, <laughs> the uh, driver doesn't even stop his car, we see the dog bleeding on the ground. And Oscar picks him up, poor bloody thing, and the dog is in a pool of blood, which recalls the blood. Looks like the blood we're going to see on that BART platform. Uh, Oscar was, of course, face down, and uh, he was handcuffed. Uh, the blood spreads out around his face. Uh, now, what are children going to see when they look at 
this movie. And why will so many people, or some people, you know, people we know, find a way to blame Oscar just for being who he is, just for being where he was when he was there? His mom, uh, well, his mom is brokenhearted when she realizes that she's the one who told him to take the bar. She thought it would be safer, obviously, in her mind. There's always danger out there. And she tells him to get on the bar with his friends. Uh, ah, yes, Wanda's always trying to keep the family together. There is a scene, a flashback, when we see her having an angry scene in uh, when she comes to visit Oscar in jail. It's kind of a heartbreaking scene. And at one point, the filmmaker has Oscar say that you, you never had my effing back in the first place. And I really winced then because I don't know what he means. We have to think about it. Maybe he did think that his mother couldn't do everything uh, to save him. That's something that I don't know. Uh, the filmmaker had to work out. Uh, anyway, the uh, the scene, what is it? The scene at the hospital made me think how curious it was that the policemen were saying, protect and serve, protect and serve, that's in the film. And then we see the other first responders, the medics and the doctors, the people at Island Hospital, coming on like gangbusters to help this kid to try to keep him alive. It's just it's a kind of insanity uh, I thought that most children, when they see this, I think it will make them very angry. I don't know whether it's a, uh, what is it, it's helpful to children, whether they will learn that you don't argue with a gun, you don't argue with authority. You call it and then you sue later. I remember trying to tell kids that when I was a high school teacher a hundred years ago. Back in the early 70s there, I remember we had had a shooting. One of the Panthers, a young man, Bobby Hutton, had died. And my students sat around. Uh, that was the response, yes. Uh, apparently, Bobby Hutton had worn some clothes. She kept his underwear on. Uh, the other older men stripped stark because they knew what the rules were. They knew that they would be uh, blamed or they uh, that the cops would say they had a weapon hidden. Bobby didn't. And, of course, here's my little kids in the ninth grade saying, oh, I wouldn't, wouldn't do that. I wouldn't take my pants off. And uh, that was the beginning of the days when kids started saying, well, they demanded respect. Now, mm, that makes a lot of sense. But I, I guess what I'm talking about is reality. And I cannot imagine what parents do uh, to teach their kids what's real. Uh, now, I have to try to persuade you to buy this movie <laughs> after having done a rather clumsy job of uh, persuading you that it's worth having. Uh, we all know. 
about young men. I blame testosterone, genders, yes. Women wouldn't do that. Uh-huh. Women wouldn't shoot each other, or maybe they would, given the right circumstances. But I remember my older son once, he'd been playing football, and I shoved him or something. I pushed him in the kitchen, and he turned around, and he almost hit me. And uh, he said, God, mother, mother, what, what are you doing? You know, he said, you have to give me a ch- chance to come down off this, you know. I, I understood that physically he was still geared up. He was still in the mood to fight. Uh, I just don't know. We know that the policemen, uh, the uh, Bart policemen were fired and the young man who fired the shot got two years and he served 11 months. Now that is something that could be argued about. Uh, We will see. We'll see what will become of that. Uh, Our justice, our criminal justice system as we know, is pretty cockeyed. Uh, they have the guns and they have the authority. I guess that's what we try to teach our children. Uh, anyway, keep safe, keep safe. Uh, if you want to do male bonding, boys and girls, uh, try sports. I don't know what to do. I'm obviously wringing my hands here. A typical female response. Uh, I think that's what drives me up the wall, is the fact that none of this seems to be changing. We all know that there's a handful of people, a group, uh, the culture of compassion as opposed to the culture of cruelty. They're out there. They're trying. I think of Amiri Baraka and everything he tried to do. And uh, I have to say that I just can't see... uh, Things are changing. Uh, Someone said to me the other day that every time we cut the budget, every time there's less money for programs in the prisons, for kids, for all the things we need to create a a compassionate community, every time there's less money for that, they uh, find a way to build more prisons and spend more money on what I call our deaf culture. A death culture. Okay, folks, I have to give you the number again. I was going to read you another essay, don't have time, that I wrote years ago about the kids in school uh, using Toni Morrison's Playing in the Dark, Harvard University Press. Oh, boy. Toni says, race has become metaphorical, a way of referring to and disguising forces, events, classes, and expressions of social decay and economic division far more threatening to the body politic than biological race ever was. Yeah, I think if I had a class of students, I would probably use this movie and several other films about our American history and maybe Spike Lee's film, Do the Right Thing, Uh, Not that it has a positive message, but it definitely has some poetry in it. It's getting harder and harder to see uh, how we're going to have a happy ending, folks. But we're going to try. We're going to try. Let us be hopeful. Uh, I want to thank all the good people 
at at sea. Raisin's Organic Kitchen, all the people who sent us goodies. Be Healthy Honey and Chabot Creamery Operative and the High Wire Coffee Roasters, all these food donors that help us out. Uh, now, this DVD, Fruit Vale Station, is $100. You can subscribe to, to, to KPFA and you can get this, uh, oh, this heartbreaking film. And I think, yes, you get, you get that and your subscription to KPFA for $100. 1 800 Hey KPFA. 1 800 439 5732. And I ran out of time. I messed up. So I have to ask you, please, after I get off the air, to go on calling. Area code 510-848-5732. Please give us a call and uh, support what Radio Free Berkeley is trying to do. And moi. Good old moi. (laughs) Where else could I shoot off my mouth? This has been Jennifer Stone. Till next Tuesday, go easy. And if you can't go easy, go as easy as you can. The following is a test of the emergency alert system. As we celebrate Black History Month, we are reminded that the fabric